Welcome to Horrible Friends, and this week, you're going to want to check into Motel Hell from 1980. Starting off, my name is Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Mike, and I'm canceling my reservation for Motel Hell. <laughs> I'm Dan, and I'm taking that reservation. I'm Jarvis, and I've been apologizing profusely for the last 30 minutes for selecting this film. And the way this is going to work is we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the history. We're going to talk about the plot. We're going to talk about the special effects and uh, probably just the special effects on this one. And then we're going to give you our little spoopy meter. And oh, man, was it? This was a spoopy one. Uh, Dan, do you have the history on this film? Kyle, sorry. Uh, it, I don't mean to cut you off. You you missed the cinematography. You didn't mention we're going to talk about the cinematography. You also uh, threw out the window your usual whole opening spiel of like that this is a podcast in book club format. And you just went, hey, welcome to Horrible Friends, this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, he definitely said, Bill O'Reilly the shit out of that. He was yeah. like, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said and I meant what I said. <laughs> I respect that. I mean, we would talk about the cinematography if there was any in this movie to talk about. <laughs> I mean, he mentioned yes. effects. Uh, yeah, they're pretty special for sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, you ready? I'm going to give this the cinematography right away. It was dark. Like Anyone else feel off. like they were under like a heat lamp at a very <laughs> shitty buffet for several parts of it? Too? <laughs> the whole like, thing, yeah. All right. Motel Hell came out in 1980. No other... Super notable movies came out in 1980 that were horror movies. Uh, the director of this was Kevin Connor. Uh, no one's going to jump at that. No one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought no about one. it. No one. Yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, okay. This was this was the best movie to come out in 1980. Kevin Connor. He uh, directed this movie. Uh, he's best known for doing movies such as The People That Time Forgot. And uh, at the Earth's core, and of course the I'm sh- I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it holds up to today's standards. Arabian, Arabian Adventures. Adventures. Oh boy, mm, that, can't be, that cannot be good. There's no way that's good. No it's got to be excellent. I think the uh, the poster for it is someone riding on a carpet. So, if so that, it's a, an Aladdin sequel, prequel, <laughs> Aladdin prequel. It might be an Aladdin prequel. Live action. Is Will Smith the genie? Uh, it came out in the seventies, so maybe. Will Smith is timeless. The writer for this, uh, there's two writers. It was Robert. This was written by two people. <laughs> two people. I think. I think Kevin Connor it took two helped two brains too. to create this. I think it took three actually. I think I, mean, I believe Kevin Connor helped on this as well. It does make sense because it feels like two people wrote half a script and just like alternated pages and put it together and handed this in. Well, I'm, <laughs> like I'm Mad gonna, Libs. <laughs> this is I'm the gonna, Mad uh, Libs of movies. This is the Mad Libs of movies. The I'm brother gonna, and sister. Blank rednecks, rednecks. Cool. Let's keep going. <laughs> Saves a girl on a motorcycle. Oh, I like this. This is good. <laughs> oh, what but the hell then is an they ate People. <gasps> oh, plot twist. So the writers of this, I believe that their brothers are Robert Jeff and Stephen Charles Jeff. The budget for this was. I'm sorry to tell you, $3 million. Excuse you? <laughs> Is that with an M? It's with with a B. No, Dude. it's with an M. It's an M. <laughs> Holy where, shit. Where does that money go? And this is like 1980, $3 million. So I have no idea where that movie went. What's the conversion? Probably like $8 million, somewhere around there. No, nah, it's more than that, dude. And this actually... Nope, nope, I got it. It's uh, oh, go ahead. $9.9 million. It's, yeah, it's $10 million. It's basically $10 million. $10 million, $10 million, $10 million, $10 million, $10 million, $10 million. How, how expensive is it to rent farm equipment? Yeah, and somebody somebody got paid to not use lights. Like, they could have bought lights with $10 million, and they were like, no, no, keep those off. That's fine. 
Well, I, I'm sure that you'll all be happy to know that this actually made money at the box office. It made uh, excuse six, me. It made six point three million. It I mean, doubled. <laughs> Dear God. It would have made a lot more money, but all those people who are watching the movie in a drive-thru with binoculars didn't pay to get in. So. <laughs> also, Dan, um, there was a, another director originally supposed to do this movie. Mm-hmm. Do tell. Uh, that director was uh, Toby Hooper, who uh, was the director of the original Texas Chainsaw Max Massacre. So that was going to be the director of this movie. And he uh, turned it down, I believe. Can't imagine why. Yeah. Mm. That's a shame. It probably could have been a much better movie. It's kind of in the wheelhouse, right? You know? Yeah. That does make sense because there was that chainsaw fight. You know, in the cannibalism. And the cannibalism. It was basically the same movie. Well, speaking of cannibals, uh, other 1980 horror movies that we could have Really, we should have watched any of these movies, uh, especially since we haven't, are The Shining, The Fog, and Cannibal Holocaust. Okay, so I've seen at least one of those. Was it Cannibal Holocaust? It was. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only one I haven't seen yet. I've heard um, mixed things about Cannibal Holocaust. I haven't seen it either. I heard that it has cannibals... During the Holocaust? During the Holocaust? I don't know if it's during the Holocaust. I don't want to watch this movie. It's just, it's during a Holocaust. Adrian Brody's just trying to play the piano. Some guy's biting (laughs) off his fingers. Oh, that does ruin your piano abilities very easily. (laughs) You can't nub your way through a concerto. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. (laughs) He has said it before. I mean, he, if he loses all his fingers, he could just play the piano with his nose. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Jesus. We're canceled. We're canceled. That's it. That's, that's the end of the podcast. That's going in the vault. Uh, oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> is, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, well, the runtime for this is 102 minutes. Uh, yeah, a whole 102 minutes. I hated every minute. But in, in case you guys ever want to visit any of these uh, locations that they filmed at because you love the movie so much, uh, the, the places that they, that they filmed were all in California. We have the Sable Ranch, which is located in Santa Clarita. Uh, we have that they filmed in Culver City and Moore Park. Again, all in California. I feel like that's the only reason it was an expensive movie to film. You filmed this literally anywhere else. It could have been made for like 200K. Yeah, you could have gone into the woods in Georgia or right. name other southern whatever. Yeah, insert yeah. southern state here. Movie over. All right. It's everybody's uh, favorite Favorite moment. Let's look at the tags for this Ooh, movie. Boy. So our first one is you might just die laughing. <laughs> I don't what? remember anybody mm. laughing in this movie. Uh, there was like one scene. That doesn't constitute a tagline dedicated on it. This was they pitched, they pitched this as a comedy. It, it was it was pitched as a horror comedy. Ah, how about how about this next one? Let's see how this grabs for you guys. Uh, checking in is easy. Checking out is what do you think the last word is? Death. Hard. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, smoky. Uh, hell. Checking out is hell. Oh, I figured it was gonna checking out cost you about two ninety five. I kind of like it. I mean, the movie title is good, right? Motel Hell, like it's classic. The movie title is not good because only (laughs) one, only one time during this whole movie was it actually treated like a motel. Never once did I see hell in this movie. All right, false advertising. I'm gonna. You have the perfect front as your cannibal smoky meat dungeon. And, mm-hmm. But then you still go off and kill people. 
and trap people and drag them back to your motel. You could have just waited till more swingers came Until to the motel. Until they got to the motel. And checked into your motel. That's a lot of laundry, Mike. That's a lot of laundry. Do you know how, like, cleaning sheets is <laughs> yeah. not easy. Nor are then, they cheap. And then halfway through this, they're like, why don't we just run a legitimate business? It seems like it's working out really well. Our, our like, guerrilla advertising is working out really well. I don't know, man. Do we have to keep killing people? I don't know. <laughs> he was going to leave the motel to that girl at the end. And it's like, yeah, just run it as a normal motel. You don't need to smoke meats anymore. <laughs> we have we have good location. All right, here's our next one. By day they ran a motel. By night they ran a muck. I hate and it. Not the worst. I, they, I didn't. They I did don't not hate do that a one. good job of running the motel. <laughs> and they did run a muck during the day as well. Yeah, <laughs> they ran a muck all the time. I, I actually don't think that they ran it. No, we're gonna we're gonna get off on a tangent. Let's keep going. And in fifteen countries. The horror picture that tops them all. Mm. Could, Does could it? the United States have been one of those countries? It could have been. Was this really banned in 15 countries? I don't really think it really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. I want to look. That's like one of those, you can't fire me, I quit. It's like, you can't ban me because they just <laughs> didn't want the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brazil was like, I don't want to watch this. It's like, well, too bad. You can anyway. And then they're like, well, shit, all right. Well now, well, now I want to. And that's how they've made $6 million. Yep. Uh, the next one is visit this tasty meeting place if you dare. Eh. Nope. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Uh. All right, the last two. See if you guys can say it along with me after you hear some of it. Uh, it takes all kinds of critters. To, to make, make a farmer to Vincent's fritters. fritters. Yeah. yeah. I liked that line. <laughs> I was like, Mike, to make a salad. <laughs> to make a salad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's our last one. There's another? There's one more. Let's see if you guys know it. Meat's meat. And, uh, and man. man's got to eat. There you go. I wrote it mm. down. That's the family motto. And all yours for two ninety five. Do you think that no, th- there's got to be no? What kind of meat do you think there? Never mind. Nope. Are... You can't leave it there. Tell me. Tell no, me. Tell I'm me your just. Thoughts. I just. Is there any chance that, like, maybe someone was talking about dick? It's just like meat's meat. Man's got to eat. Oh, like. <laughs> Man's got to eat this dick. <laughs> no, Dad. I don't think they were talking about... <laughs> I don't think they were talking about dick. Well, that would be like Could a they? really progressive southern... Fa- you know what? I think would it would be progressive, Dan. <laughs> yeah, Don, Dan. I know. I know you're trying to shoehorn Southern homosexuality into this, but I don't think well, we're all, I don't think we're going to arrive at the same place. Well, Jarvis, here. you know I'm a big proponent <laughs> of Southern homosexuality, and <laughs> if there's any chance that I can have to just shoehorn it into a conversation, I'll try. God, it's Where, all Dan talks about when we hang out. <laughs> like we're watching a hockey game, and he goes, "Chris." I really need to talk to you about Southern homosexuality. I, I mean, it's one of the biggest causes you've championed for many years now. I'll be is like, the, is the virtues of Southern <laughs> not hospital? I thought at first I thought it was hospitality, but you're like, no, no, Southern. <laughs> That's why we kept paying into his cause. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, Southern hospitality. I'll pay into that. All right, yeah. cool. Come to find out, none of us are getting paid from this podcast because we're we're bankrolling Southern homosexuals <laughs> in Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got it. I got something to add. Do you have something to add to this? I do. I do. Uh, sweet homosexuality. No, took me a second. I get it. It's a play on on that song. Sweet, sweet home Alabama. Yep. Yeah, that thing. No, I I was just telling Kyle yesterday. Like Kyle, I'm really worried about Greg Abbott. Are you? Nope. <laughs> it's what I said to him, and I was like, "Look, I I know he oh. he's terrible. He's terrible in every way, but he might be gay, and that would so, make me really happy." <laughs> exactly. He might be. All right. So our death clock, as we do every week, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? First time that someone dies on the screen, and that would be at one hour and thirteen minutes into the movie. 
Jesus. <sighs> yeah. It took that long. Every bit of it. See, these I, death clocks are very divisive because they could be a lot sooner in the movie because you assume somebody died only for the end to be like, ha ha, he never died. Yeah, I kept an eye on it to see. And, so oh, don't, gonna, he did die. <laughs> he had the most anticlimactic uh, life of the movie, but. He had fallen this hole. <laughs> Where did the hole go to? I don't know. <laughs> no, it just it's a smoke hole. He fell down the smoke chute. <laughs> it's the coals. Yeah, he fell in the coals. Ah, uh, they're in Virginia. Watch Got out it. for the smoke hole. <laughs> it's hickory down the there. <laughs> All right, I am fucking. I've never been more done talking. I <laughs> I'm more done with this movie than I was with Rubber. I'm done with this movie. <laughs> you can please. Take the take the whatever the fuck this thing is that this movie is, and just finish it, Jarvis, and but, so we can move on with our lives. Don't don't compare this to the masterpiece that is Rubber. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was such like a natural. Damn, no, just the arch. Shut up. It's already done. We've probably heard the last of him. He's he's gonna go get another beer. He's like, I'm not participating <laughs> in this any fucking longer. Now everyone shut up! Listeners of horrible friends gather around. Because the O flickers on the sign of the Motel Hello. A shabby shotgun adorned motel that also doubles as Farmer Vincent's smoked meats. Hangs in the darkness. I'm and here say- we the, oh, on- oh, oh, oh. the only name that's worse than Motel Hell is Motel Hello. Yeah, <laughs> it's so bad. I agree. Like that, no, no sane person would ever think about that. Motel Hello, Motel. It's bad. It's terrible. But here at the Motel Hello, we meet their. I'm sorry, we meet the hotel's proprietors in Vincent and Ida, a, a brother and sister. Um, and as Vincent goes out to hunt, uh, because there is no business, uh, he ends up saving a, a young woman on a bike that crashes into a tree. Um, he saves her and takes her back to the hotel. Um, the motorcyclist, however, we do not see what comes of him. He's loaded in the back of the truck and we don't know what happens. So they bring uh, the young woman back. Her name is Terry. Um, and they put her in one of the bedrooms. Um, there is a couple that's, I don't know if they were staying at the hotel or what have you. They were passing through. They have two young daughters, um, and they're very interested in buying some of the meats. So farmer Vincent offers them his famous sampler box for get this $2 and 95 cents. The sampler box is half the size of that gentleman. You can't that's buy a good jer- deal. You don't buy jerky that cheap. There's always going to be something. That's yeah. Jerky. Yeah, you don't. Jerky's yeah. like... A thirty bag thousand dollars a right. pound. A thirty dollar <laughs> bag of jerky is like, dude, like that's three bites of of my favorite Correct. teriyaki jerky. That's like that's like three small bites. Yes, and there are two things in this world that are extremely overpriced, and that is jerky and printer ink, and that's it. Yep, that's it. And the cost <laughs> to pay for Southern homosexuals to thrive in this world—it's <laughs> just too much money. It's if you could much. just give a nickel a day. <laughs> I mean, that's like one of the things that <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Mike, do you just want to go ahead and call it now that we'll cut this so you can go ahead and say it? You say whatever you want, Mike. If Southern homosexuals are known for one thing, it's printer ink and beef jerky. Printer ink and beef jerky. I don't even think I get it. I don't get it either. <laughs> Uh, I was expecting an actual like bad dark joke, and instead it was just a bad printer ink and jerky, huh? Hey guys, I related it to depraved sexual acts, so it hey made guys, sense to me. You know what's really fucked up? The price of printer ink. Printer ink, yep. <laughs> and and uh, and beef jerky and, and, and insulin. <laughs> my, name virtuous. Is, my name is Wilford Brimley. I really have to talk to you about diabetes. <laughs> And like you say, I'm the, the bad one. <laughs> Mocking a dead man's Our diabetes. cutting room floor <laughs> would back that up. <laughs> oh, God. 
God, poor Travis. If if this was a cutting room floor, it would just be shreds, shreds of this material just <laughs> lining every square inch of his house. Yeah, if you subscribe <clears throat> to the uh, OnlyFans, you can get all this uncut content. No, and you features. can't. No, you can't. You still can't get it. Uncircumcised content. <laughs> <laughs> Ungelded content. <laughs> We keep the balls. Yeah. Re- reinsert the, uh, <coughs> I'm happy with my mutilated penis. Uh, sound like yes, sorry, <laughs> still a classic. Penis. Still a classic. Kyle, that's going to be at the, uh, that's going to be at the end of the podcast now. Oh, cool. <laughs> but seriously, $2.95 for that box. I did the math. That's $10 today for a box. Like that, that, I mean, what, you pay, you pay close to $10 today for like a, maybe eight are we still on the cost of beef jerky you guys damn right we are (laughs) you guys are are. you guys are freaking out about this you're not freaking out about the proper thing which is the fact that this fucking psycho put a bumper sticker on the front of the car what is wrong with that man yes just on the front of their uh, the front of their vehicle without being invited to do so they they do marketing, but yet they don't value their labor. I don't understand. They're literally killing people in the dead of night, and they're gonna sell a box of of their spoils to to unsuspecting people for two dollars and ninety five cents. I it's have a, a problem with it. It's a kink. Stop kink shaming. Like would, to murder people. That's not a kink. Would human meat using human meat in com- combination with like mm-hmm. pork would that really cut down your costs that much? Because those were gigantic pigs. I've never seen a pig that big. I thought they were like, I didn't know pigs get that big. I thought they were like babe pig in the city size, like small, compact, <laughs> pigs get in the back of a cab. Pigs get absolutely enormous. <laughs> I like I like how we don't live, we did not or, do, or don't live in a southern city, but we do have a lot of farmland. And you haven't seen a pig, you're only idea of what a pig looked like was basic in the city. Babe, pig in the city. <laughs> <laughs> that's my point of reference. My well, point of reference is Babe from babe, 90s babe, to 2000s babe, movies. The, the that cartoon version. <laughs> yes, and that that's because Marcus, he's, he's one of them city slickers, you know? <laughs> Well, we end up getting a small peek of Vincent's hidden field. He's got it pretty well camouflaged. Uh, it's near the butchery, um, but we get a peek of it as the health inspector comes by. Um, anywho, the the cop enters uh, the this random cop enters the motel, and Ida attacks him completely out of nowhere. Uh, but it turns out uh, that is their brother Bruce. The cop is. Um, it was kind of good misdirection, and they convince Terry in this scene because this is when Terry wakes up that uh, the gentleman that they were riding the motorcycle together, uh, his name was Bo and he is dead. He was dead on impact and they've taken the liberty of burying him in the County cemetery. More than that, kind of like over the next 10 minutes, they, they end up being able to convince her that this whole, this whole event is like a good thing. It's a blessing from the Lord and she accepts it like without a thought in her pretty little head. She did not give two fucking shits about that guy. She's like, Oh, you're better off here. Yeah, I think I am. Okay. Like, Oh my God. I, All right, bye. It took <laughs> nothing. It's, this is the most naive person I've ever seen. Like, like I woke up here and I'm wearing different clothes than I was before. I'm safe here. What happened to my what happened to my boyfriend? Uh, oh, he we died and we buried him. You was, did? Yeah. But it's okay. okay. <laughs> that man looked like he was like 70 years old, which I would say like yeah, that might be a little bit too old cuz I didn't realize they were like bo- together. But which then, man? Well, I thought his name was Boris cuz they don't it, say it his is, name. It is, but they call they call him Bo at one point. Yeah, his name is oh, okay. Boris. The headstone or like the plywood that they used to mark his grave was Boris. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that guy's like way too old for this girl. And then at the end, she's like, I'm going to marry Vincent. It's like the crypt keeper, this old man. There, there's daddy issues. And then there's grampy issues. And doesn't she had she, grampy issues. Doesn't she call him daddy at some point? I, I might what? have been watching did a you, different did movie. Did you pause no, she does. one movie to she start does. another? No, she calls she him re- daddy. Yep. 
Okay, I thought I was just I thought I got that confused with the other movie I watched last night. But I think I wrote that down. I think I was like, what? <laughs> just a slew of fetishes making a lot of sense. There's there's a lot of kink shaming in this movie. There's a lot of kink shaming in this movie. I think I think the movie was pretty accepting of a lot of things. I think the audience is the one kink shaming. Look, if there's one thing that I don't do, it's it's kink shame. All right. That's it. That's all I got to say. There's no joke to it. That's it. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Well, some kinks should be shamed. I'm making a stand. Oh, here we go. Here it is. No, go ahead. No, you got a stand now. You said you're standing. You're taking it back down. (laughs) I'm making a stand, and I'm sitting back down. (laughs) I'm going to stand up, say some kinks should be shamed, and then I'm going to like eating people. Or are you good with that? Eating people's fine, depending on. How you eat them in like general. eating their meat are you at, are, are you saying it depends on the preparation like you, you like them as an Asian zest, but like barbecue is off the table or like tell me your thoughts I mean I don't discriminate <laughs> on that kind of thing <laughs> but some kings should be shamed. I'll leave it at that I don't think that's an acceptable place to. to I agree. Leave, that is however, definitely not an acceptable however, place. I'm, I'm, gonna throw you, I'm gonna throw you a lifeline here because following a routine that routine check, that county health inspector, well, guys, he came back because he oh. knew something was amok. <gasps> he became suspicious of that hidden field. So he investigated. And this is where he uncovered that there are human beings buried neck deep with their Vocal cords slashed. (laughs) Oh, God. Those death gargles. Okay. Feel how you will about the movie, but that scene where you first hear the death gargles, they are guttural as as, as much as they are exceptional. That is a phenomenal part of the movie. And you know what? I'd say, yeah, the one good thing. You know what? I think the problem with that scene is that the director or whoever like they realized that it was good so they just kept using it and using it and using it and uh-huh. by the end of the mm-hmm. movie i'm just like can they shut the fuck up <laughs> like just <laughs> yeah. shut up it didn't age well now when your head garden gets to be more of an annoyance than like an interesting part of a movie You've used it too much. Yeah, I I played Stardew Valley, and when your head gargles just start to like go too much, you just gotta like wipe the field and restart. I mean, yeah, especially when you they get out of season and then they just spoil overnight, and you have like eighty thousand dollars invested. Oh in, my like, god, your head your head seeds. It's just you don't know what it's to terrible, do. Terrible. Just but, go back to your wine fields. I mean, fortunately, we were about to hit springtime in the in the thing, and I don't think it carries over in the springtime. But I think we were we were gonna be okay. I think Dan just slowly floating away from his microphone as he's finishing I, that thought. I liked it, yeah. <laughs> Made him seem mysterious. <laughs> like he was retreating back into our thoughts. <clears throat> okay. Well, the next... Uh, there, there's a litany of things that happen after that. First off, Bob the Health Inspector is whacked in the head with a shovel, and we can only surmise that he is added to the garden, as it were. Um, and So a lot of the movie, right, I'll, I'll kind of glance over, is just basically how a a large amount of people come to be added into their garden. So like the next scene is like a traveling band of potheads is taken off the road by Vincent's bear traps. They may have been coming to the hotel anyway, because I think the guy driving infers that they're smoking a lot of really strong marijuana and he's getting tired. So they would have gone to the motel anyway, but he set bear traps on the road and they go off the road and they add them to the garden. Yeah, that was my exact argument at the beginning of this episode. Like, you don't need to go out and actively kill people. You just wait for them to come to your hotel. Right. But, I mean, that is a lot of upkeep, right? That's a lot of blood all over the all over the, the nice linoleum, all it, over the, the wallpaper. It's less effort than making gigantic fake cows and putting them in the middle of the road. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I... That, that was a good scene, though. <laughs> I like that scene. That was hilarious. Also, one of the band members uh, who was actually the drummer was John Ratzenberger, 
who is uh, Ham in Toy Story and Cliff from Cheers. Weird. No shit. Yeah, Weird. His, his voice that. is so distinct that it's hard to miss. And I was like, is that is that Cliff Clavin? And Mike ran to his VHS cabinet and he moved Babe Pig in the Big City and he found his commemorative Cheers collection. Hey, it's only uh, 19 DVDs. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's where everybody knows your name. No? Thanks, Dan. No? Cheers? I got it. Right? That's, that's a Cheers reference. Right? That, that's what we were talking about? Yeah. No arm. So now we see the planting process of these human beings that we add to the garden. Um, it's incredibly simple, and it shouldn't be, but it is. <clears throat> Moving forward, we see uh, Terry and Bruce uh, bonding kind of after like this awkward picnic scene. Uh, where like Vincent punches his sister because he always she almost kind of like casually mentions like hey we add people to the jerky so um, but we find out a lot right we find out the family's motto say it with me people meats meat and man's gotta eat I'll say it alone that's fine appreciate it thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> and a man's gotta eat and meats meats gotta and eat meats man, man. get your meat. <laughs> Meets and men, uh, the problems meets of the meets men. men. The meat, well, you know, it's man's gotta eat more meat, man. Man, we have the meat. Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie is kind of like the founder for McDonald's, except for Arby's. Like this is how Arby's started, and this is still how they they make their sandwiches. Yep, definitely. Yeah, but still, the guy that started this is a lot nicer guy than Ray Kroc. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know, like altruistically, they they even mention I think around this scene that they like they're doing this for the planet. Like it knocks out two stones. There's too many people and not enough food. He says that later, but like this is the first time that he kind of like infers that he's doing this environmentally. And and I was like arguing with myself, like would Peta protest or bankroll this operation and i couldn't come up with an answer well that's like the thanos defense he's doing it for the good of the planet and he was saying like something about like he needs to get more creative like he needs more outlets for his creativity i right. mean he should probably check out anchor and start his own podcast So now uh, Bruce and Terry, Bruce has basically used this uh, opportunity to try to get Terry out on a date. And it's pretty, it's a pretty decent day. He takes her to like kind of like this makeout point in the county um, where they're close to the drive-in. They're going to watch this drive-in theater with binoculars and uh, the feed over the radio. But while this is happening, Vince and Ida set uh, a bunch of traps in the road. It's a bunch of fake cows. And I got to tell you, I remember this as a kid. Like this is the scene that sticks out to me. Um, I'm pretty sure I watched this when I was like eight or nine years old. Um, yeah, but yeah, they use these fake cows to trap their new victims. One of whom they like, it becomes like a chase scene and they're able to alert Bruce over a ham radio. And, but it, it, it doesn't work. And Vincent gets both the girls that were in the car. Is Bruce like the worst sheriff ever? I, I, we ask that every episode. Yeah, but they keep <laughs> one upping. He's just like <sighs> he's top five. It's he's definitely up there, right? Like he's he's trying to like sexually assault this right woman yes. who's clearly has some some sort of issue because she's just like over it in two seconds. She's like, <laughs> okay. He's also thirty years too young for her, given her current history and trajectory trail. towards towards Vincent. So. But yeah. no, it's weird. Like he's like they they set him up kind of to be the good guy, but like if they don't get that call over the ham radio, like he's like, you know, a few gropes away from date rape. They're characters. They're they're bad characters. Just terrible all around. I think he's the worst one though. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I did not was, like him. I mean, I'll explain at the end so we can get through the plot. But I think that he is the actual worst out of that whole meat smoky family. And- 
when they said uh, over the radio, oh, somebody's in trouble. I said out loud, yeah, the woman being sexually assaulted right now. (laughs) (laughs) The woman in your car right now. Well, you know what's interesting? So, like, this this moment of sexual assault comes at a a strange time because the next scene, um, after Bruce is unable to kind of pin what what happened to these kids, um, the next scene is probably the best in the entire movie. And it's when the perverts come in because they think that this motel caters to those who are involved in the lifestyle, quote unquote, as it were. Um, This scene's hilarious. I mean, like they they got there like from like a pamphlet. So it's basically like this is like an acceptable like orgy hangout, right? Yeah. They were so giddy. They They were ready to fuck. Yes, the guy, the guy comes out wearing a dress. This chick is swinging a like she's in bondage. She's swinging a fucking whip around and just destroying the room for no reason, <laughs> no regard for the room at all. That that was not scripted. There's no way that was scripted. Was they just were like, just like they're like whip this thing around. Yeah, and there are subtle mentions for the hope of bestiality. Oh yeah, the, are you guys subtle into animals? Dude, yeah, the dude I was like, I, I like hope they're into animals. <laughs> she says, I hope they bring a pig. Yeah. Babe, no. Babe. no. <laughs> Get out of the no. city, babe. Oh, squeal. Squeal. <laughs> this is what the city will do to you, babe. You got to do. A pig's got to do what a pig's got to do. Uh, you know what? No. You know what they say while they're with the pig? That's some pig. That'll do, pig. <laughs> That'll do. Fuck. <laughs> well, okay. So, uh, they they go down pretty easily. They think it's all part of like. Well, yeah, they were excited to go down. So, yeah, they do go down pretty easily. Yeah, they they let them hog tie them up. It's yeah. They were excited about it. Like, oh yeah, tie me up, tie me up, oh, tie her up too. They just like laid back and said, "What kind of tie is this?" He's like, "Oh, it's hog tie." Yeah, like, I don't know. Well, anyway, they're added to the garden <laughs> off screen. All right. And at this point, like, we're getting like this weird sense that Terry is really starting to bond with Vincent. And and Vincent's kind of beginning to let his guard down a little bit. And he says, even at one point, that like maybe someday he'll share his recipe with her. And you're not really sure kind of like where the relationship's heading at this point. Like, it almost seems like a platonic, almost like father daughter kind of relationship developing from one angle and something that it does not resemble that at all from another. Um, but either way, like, uh, Terry gets caught snooping in the butchery by Ida. Ida takes offense by it, but, um, she says that, you know, Vincent said she'll eventually learn the recipe anyway. So they go tubing to pass uh, the time. That was the funniest, like, line to me in this whole movie. She's like, you know what tubing is? And then you see him cut to jumping into the, like the lake in the actual, like, tubing tubes. And it was hilarious. Dude, was this was this all lead up to an advertisement for tubing? That's right. It seemed it seemed so out of place. Like they had to be setting something up. Dude, I, when she was like, "Tubing is so much fun," I I watched them do it, and I was like, "That looks like the least amount of fun I've ever like yeah. I would ever have." <laughs> well, so you have you have one writer who's like, "Dude, I like I love." I love tubing. And the other one's like, okay, yeah, but I love boobs. How do we get both of these <laughs> things in one scene? And it's, okay, make her wear a white shirt, go tubing. Oh my God, we're fucking geniuses. And then that, that was... Yo, it, it really was that. That was the whole point of the tubing scene was they were like, get her in a white shirt. I'll let, I'll let you have your tubing scene, but she's got to have a white shirt on that gets wet. That's Titties. what it's called. Compromise. Compromise. <laughs> doesn't count as nudity though if it can be on tumblr mm. without violating community guidelines it's not nudity is it on tumblr oh there's a lot worse on tumblr believe you me but... <laughs> oh there was i think we just no, found it's, no it's back i think we just found jarvis's main yeah. source of porn is tumblr oh, no, oh, yeah, oh yeah tumblr porn all the way dude so easy <laughs> so much porn? so much variety dude it, it, there's nobody mean it. it's like all bondage it's all snm shit that, you just told us what you look up. Yeah. That's not what I look up. <laughs> Oops. 
<laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah, it, it's all furries on there. That's it, guys. It's just all furry. <laughs> if there isn't a single thing on my timeline that isn't a furry. It's fucking weird. There's a purple <laughs> ferret fucking a unicorn, and I just I, I can't get past any of it. I mean, if that's the kind of stuff Kyle's into, I know a motel he can check into. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, it, okay, and so in, in this scene, like, Ida tries to drown Terry, um, but Vince comes and saves her, and this is kind of where, like, this this really sort of comes to a peak, uh, because as she's, like, recovering, and she forgives Ida, because, like, Ida makes her, like, convinces her that she was drowning, right? Um, and this is kind of where, like, Terry sort of shoots her shot with Vincent, and this is also where we get our nude clock! Uh, this is no more white t-shirt, people. These are just straight up boobies in a bed. I, I hate one to, hour six seconds in. I hate to argue with the boob man himself, but uh, we saw a little bit of nudity earlier in the movie, and by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Oh, that was in the uh, the driving scene. Yeah, right before the rape scene. Yeah, yeah that or right the sexual before, assault scene. You know, as it normally comes. What did I miss? <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> This so when when the uh, police officer, um, officer Krupke or whatever, he goes and um, it was one of the other cars that scurried away. Yeah, the for some reason they jump out of the car and the guy's just like full shaft hanging down and she's like all everything's hanging out. And Get out! Yep, yeah, totally hey, missed yeah, it. They both jump out of the car totally naked and he's like, like very Scooby Doo esque. I, I, like, I don't know why you got out of the car. You should probably just get back in the car and leave. And they do. I concede to you, sir. You have vanquished me. But these are good tits. I mean, if you're looking for titties, this is where I'd go. One hour, six seconds, Terry, full frontal. Anyway, not full frontal, full chest. Anyway. Um, but anyway, this is where she is trying to hit on Vincent. And she is trying to kiss him. And however, he will not reciprocate because this is the South and they're not married. So what do they do? They decide to get engaged. And Bruce is pissed when he finds out about it. That Vincent, he's such a complicated man. Nobody understands him but his lady. It's the most complicated, uncomplicated character ever <laughs> in the history of cinema. I think coming up on the funniest scene of the movie is the uh, the party when Ida comes in with the kazoos. Oh, the engagement party. <laughs> it was so good. He's like, bzz, 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 bzz. it's uh, <laughs> the, the party hats. I was dying laughing. The, probably the worst engagement party I've ever seen. I can't remember if it's before or after the harvest of the, uh, the three stoner hippies. Anyway, it's a very uninteresting and unsatisfying kill that they like. They hypnotize the hippies, the, the band van people, and then they hang them like using the tractor and in, in a way that could never, ever kill them in a in a million years. Oh, yeah. You just put a loose knot around the necks and you drive a tractor and then you snap the necks. That's how that works. That's it. Didn't Wouldn't have worked, but why not? Yeah, whatever. Dumb, dumb, dumb kill. This is also concurrently when Bruce discovers the vehicles of the victims submerged in the lake and he goes back to the hotel to warn Terry. Ida overhears this and she attacks. Hey, this is where I'm going to say why Bruce is the worst. Because like he knew that Vincent was killing people all these years to make his jerky. And now he only has a problem with it because he's got a thing for Terry. But Terry's in love with the old farmer. Vincent. Vincent. I don't think he knew. He had to have known because they were like, because then Vincent's like, oh, Bruce is the biggest cannibal in the whole county. And he's been eating this jerky for 30 years. Yeah, because his brother makes it. He gets it for free. I don't I, think that, I don't think that necessarily constitutes the fact that he knew about it. Does anyone feel differently? No, I agree with you. No, I, I, I agree. That, I think that he had no idea that he was eating meat that was human. It seems like a very like almost ceremonious thing between Vincent and Ida, but Bruce is purposely left out of it, uh, probably because he became a cop. But now um, the the subplot that could have happened the entire time and it would have made the movie like I, 
I honestly think like if there was a subplot of the victims trying to escape, it could have made the movie like 20% more interesting, but they finally kind of do at the end. They're like, they're doing this zombie walk because their vocal cords are slashed, but like, that's, that's it. They just kind of sound like zombies. So that's, that's how they're going to walk now. Um, they attack Ida. She retaliates. She kind of kicks the shit out of a bunch of them, but they, they end up getting her. Um, they end up actually burying her too, uh, upside down, which is pretty funny, but uh, Bo attempts to save Terry. Bo is Boris, the the motorcyclist that Terry came into town with. Uh, he attempts to save her, but Vincent is able to overpower him and throw him into the smoker. Yeah, like we like Dan said before, it's a very unceremonious way for him to die because you thought he was going to come in and save the day, and then Gargles and Terry would have ran off together on their motorcycle again. Which uh, to go back, I don't know why they needed a sidecar and they were both on the back of the bike. That was kind of dumb and pointless. You never see sidecars anymore on motorcycles. Yeah, I thought that sidecar was weird. Why, why did they even have it? Uh, for their cute dog that uh, Stephen King really wanted to put in this film, but ended up not doing it. I think Dude. Stephen King could have <laughs> done a better job at this film. Dude, I, I, hate to, I hate to change the subject, but on the topic of like the does the die, dog die.com, I just watched a different movie. And it was the most brutal dog death I've ever seen in a movie. Which movie? Uh, it's called The Hunt. It's a... Um, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. That, it's was, a, that was very good. It was a very good movie. But man, when that dog died, I was just like, no, please, please don't be in that bag. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the dog was in the bag, wasn't it? Uh, the dog might have been in the bag. Well, well, now I can't watch that movie with my wife. But thank you for letting me know. Yeah. This is the funniest, the only part that made me laugh. This is my favorite line um, at this part. And I, I'm sorry if you didn't get to there yet. But when um, when Frank is like sitting there like just about to die, he's like, I'm a fraud. I'm a fake. Oh, save it, save it, save it. All right, all right, all right. Hound, hound. Give yourself space. So, and Who's Frank? Uh, yeah, I don't know who Frank is. Frank. <laughs> oh, I thought his name was Frank. Frank Vincent. His name is Vincent. Farmer Vincent. They say it 40 times. Oh, I don't know. I He's just... got bumper stickers that say Vincent. <laughs> he puts it on them. He puts it on the cars himself. I had Frank Vincent. I don't know. Uh, it's Dirty Frank. Dirty Frank. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. It's Dirty Mike and the boys. Okay. All of these events in the butchery culminate into what I can only describe as, like, if Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like a really shitty knockoff, paired up with Star Wars to create, like, a crescendo ending. Because out of nowhere, Vincent, who has now donned a pig head for the first time in the entire movie, it was done once before, but it was Ida, which is kind of like that, like, uh, like iconic movie poster image that this whole movie should have been following, but it doesn't. Anyway... Um, they go at it with these chainsaws and it's back and forth between Bruce and Vincent. Um, meanwhile, Terry, who is tied up now, is slowly conveying toward a blade that is turned on uh, within the fight. Um, finally, uh, you know, a mortal wound is is taken at Vincent and Bruce is able to run to Terry's aid to save her and untie because um, he pops through the fucking smoker doors riding a chain, which was completely unnecessarily. And it makes him seem heroic after he was literally going to date rape her. But again, bad, bad characters. But after he mortally wounds Vincent with the chainsaw, he takes his dying words to admit one thing. Dan, what did he admit? He said, I'm a fraud. I've used preservatives. I thought it was so funny. I, I actually <laughs> barely laughed at that. It, I mean, it, it is like, unforgivable. Like an eighth of the jokes work, and that one's good. Right. And I don't yeah. I don't think that they meant it to be that good. It's it's basically <laughs> how I treat this show. I just throw everything I can at the wall, and like one out of twenty will hit. But that one is really good and makes me feel good about myself. The other nineteen make me feel <laughs> a lot of other things, but you know. That's how I live my life. Just throw everything you got at it, and maybe one thing that you do will be right. 
that's why I don't have a job right now. But it's okay because you know I'll get another one and then lose it. So it's it's okay. Yeah, that well, chance of fight was pretty good though. I mean, we had another, we saw another chance of fight in Mandy, but this one was way worse than that. First thing, oh, this was exactly was what I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> This one pretty, was really bad. It could have only gotten like better or worse if the the chainsaw sound effects were just like a guy in the background like. Stay back! I got a chainsaw. They got three million dollars. The least they could do was use real chainsaws, I guess. Yeah, like a second. But anything that I watched with that chainsaw scene, Nicolas Cage did it better. So it was like. I mean, that holds true for almost every facet of my life. But but yes, I do agree with you. No, and but that's that's Motel Hell. It ends in like a weird Star Wars family face off. And it it just sort of ends with like a, a sweet 80s, like 1980s explosion on the sign of Motel Hell where the neon just explodes. And yep. Did I? Did anybody else notice the question at the end? Like one of the last lines, they were like, I guess there has to be a massive investigation for this. Yeah, it's, well, you're a cop, so you'll probably he, do the investigation. He, you think there's it's a mass murder on a farmland where people were being eaten but for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and they said they found like 200 cars. Like Bruce was saying he saw like 200 cars in the lake that Vincent was pushing into when he was getting his meat. How did they not just have like a demolition derby in there at that point? How Why do, not just use the cars? How do you not, not notice two hundred cars, which would assume at least two hundred average of two people a car, so four hundred people go missing over this time period? Granted, it's thirty years, but it's like more than ten people a year, about a person a month. You don't notice that? Vince was an entrepreneur, man. Why wouldn't he just sell these cars off to scrapyards? You know, he had a meat business. He had a hotel business. He was a farmer. He could have been making bank on these cars. They were only paying two ninety five a pound for scrap metal. So he's like, "Yeah, two ninety five a pound for metal. Two ninety five a pound for beef jerky. I'll just stick to the light jerky." Yeah, fucking get, save us, Kyle. Like, oh, for the, oh, are you sure you want that? God. Help! Yes, please. Help! So, I hate this movie. Okay. Well, in that case. I would like to talk about the special effects used in this because, again, cinematography was not a thing. Uh, it, it was a movie that had cameras and the special they used effects. used a camera. Yeah, at least one. Uh, and they had some special effects that were... I, I thought this was... Like, when I quickly Googled this before I watched it, it was like, it's a bloody, gory nightmare. And I don't think it really was. I, the pig head was cool. Not at all. I mean, it was definitely a nightmare. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I, the, I actually really liked the the pig head uh, chainsaw fight. It was stupid. <laughs> yeah, the pig head gave me like real strong saw vibes because like yeah. in saw she puts on the pig head. I think yeah, that's where they order. got this from, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, you do have to wonder if that kind of like if that sort of played toward uh what saw was going for. It might have. Yeah, like we got to do a callback to this movie that uh made some money. It's the pig head. It did. Sure. It made yeah. an undeniable profit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did anything else to get? I think the the makeup for this the throat stitching was actually pretty good. It looked realistic enough. And um, I guess. Yeah, not bad. I don't know. There really wasn't like a ton that I was like blown away by. I thought there would be more with the whole idea that he's chopping people up or whatever. The, I, the, the giant vat of hands and arms was pretty funny. I like the. Um... The only thing I wrote that was a positive, I really like the lettering that they used in the beginning of the movie um, because it was very like 70s and like that orange kind of color, very retro looking now. Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I I did like that a lot. Yeah. You know a movie's bad when the only thing you can praise is the font. (laughs) The the typography that they used. I really Uh, think there was a bold choice to use. Really, oh my God. uh, New Courier instead of the typical standard <laughs> industry Times New Roman. Yeah, I thought that they would use a like Comic Sans because they were going for kind of a funny thing, but they really went with like the Helvetica, and that mm. really resonated with me. Because Comic yeah. Sans has the word comic in it, and comics are funny. And 
Well, see, this movie was was from about the the South kind of. Uh, I thought they would have used a the uh, Georgia font. Uh, are we talking about Southern homosexuals again? Yep, that we're back at it. All right. What <laughs> font do Southern homosexuality use? Um, uh, wingdings. Wingdings. <laughs> 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 I don't know why it's so funny. I don't either. <laughs> yep, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm glad I, I got that one on your uh, mic. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know. There's nothing left to this movie. It's it's kind of. I think we're we're gonna just blow straight on through to to Spoopy Town. Dan, do you happen to have that spoopometer? Of course I do. Um, as I told you guys, I have a very it's it's very tasteful. So the amount of days that it takes for most varieties of lettuce to mature are about fifty days. So that's knowledge I knew. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how many days would uh, you guys wait to uh, harvest your lettuce? Zero to 50. Let us see. Uh, I knew I the first person that was going to go was going to make the lettuce joke. And I think you were hoping they weren't so you could make that joke. Yeah. Everybody wanted the lettuce joke. I wanted uh, to I, do it too. I, I should have. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it alone. Um, Nah, come on. <laughs> uh, Romaine. Yeah, I Damn it, I was about to say something <laughs> on my Romaine shit. You uh, butter forget it. Uh. That joke was hot cabbage. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> go. That was good. That's, that's all right. Vegetables. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This this movie, I, I'm with Chris. I didn't really... Um, can't say I put a lot of full attention to the film. I was like cooking dinner and getting stuff ready and doing things around the house or whatever. And I don't know, man, it, it was, it was an attempt at humor. I think, I think you were right on the, the, the we were right on the money earlier about there are two scripts that were written and, and just thrown together into a pot. And they were just like, yeah, this is good. Um, I, I can't believe this movie made any money. Uh, I would say out of 50 days, this has a zero, a zero, day, zero days worth of, of horror, actual horror. I, there was no fear in this whole movie. Um, not nothing, absolutely nothing. And I can't even get it, give it any for like any sort of dismemberment because it really wasn't any. Um, I guess uh, if I had a fear of sexual harassment, that that would be about it. Um, maybe, maybe a one day of that. But beyond that, um, this movie gets a, I would I would barely let that thing sprout. I'm going to give it like five just because I guess that do you have to watch this movie? I don't think so. I think you're good. That's it. I'm done. All right. Well, don't worry. I'm not going to talk that much more than you did. Yeah. So I barely could pay attention to this movie. I think I just ended up laughing at a bunch of D&D memes I found then watching this movie. It was shot terribly. It was dark. Whole beginning felt like, as I said before to you guys, that I was in a buffet with horrible heat lamps. And it's just so bad. The acting was terrible. There was no cinematography. The only thing that I thought was cool was the throat gargles and like the, the vocal cord stitching. Like that was cool. I like that, but not enough to make me care about anything else in this movie. Yeah, also giving a zero for hard, not scary, and I'll give a day, and that's going to be just one day I go outside and I chuck this lettuce across the yard. So my scores are a little higher, not much, but for overall horror, I would give it maybe a five out of the 50 lettuce days. It's because there were some creepy moments. Like the first reveal of the the head garden was kind of spooky and cool because they had the sacks over it when they first saw it the first few times. You don't know what it is yet. And then they start to twitch around. Uh, just the chase scene with the chainsaw and all that. So I'll give it a couple lettuce days for that. Overall, as a movie, I didn't really like it. I'm pretty much in line with you. Uh, there were little bits and pieces that did keep me somewhat interested and entertained, but it wasn't enough 
like same thing for the horror aspect. The head garden was pretty much the only bright spot in this movie. Ida was my favorite character. She had a lot of like funny bits and it was just, I, in the beginning I didn't like her cause she had on a onesie and pigtails and no adult should wear a onesie. I'm aiming this at you, Chris, but, uh, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> this had that attitude. Yeah, of... Excuse me. Oh, well, hold on. Excuse <laughs> you. Fuck you. Onesies yeah, are great. Fuck you. <laughs> onesies are fantastic. I'm, I'm not a fan of onesies either. You guys have butt flaps on your onesies? I do not have yeah. a butt flap on onesies, but one of my onesies has a tail. You see, yeah, mm. Mine has a tail, too. We're, we're kind of furries. Yeah, we're kind of furries. I was about Jarvis, to say, come over? Kyle's, Kyle's tumbler is making yeah, a lot of that's sense. That, you, know how I, you know how you were trying to pin me down for a kink that was going to be shamed? Yeah, furries. I'm going to say it. Furries should be shamed. Wow. It's weird. <laughs> wow. This is, this is weird. You, yeah. you should have told us before. You know like half our audience is furries, right? You know that all four of us are furries, right? I honestly didn't think Mike was just going to make this his platform to spew his hate everywhere. Yeah, I, I spew hate speech on this podcast every week. This week, furries. Sorry, internet. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I guess uh, the four of us will meet at the at the McDonald's and mm-hmm. where the uh, poop was smeared. And uh, we'll bring our furry outfits and we'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that's you how you that know die. furries is Bad because that you you're meeting places with shit McDonald's that they serve poop in. Don't you eat at the McDonald's? Furries should do <laughs> meet behind the McDonald's. <laughs> meet behind the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Anyway, Mike, are you done? Ida was funny, and she was the best part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she could take me tubing. Um, zero out of fifty. Movie was bad. Nothing else to say. Okay, how do I follow that? <clears throat> okay, so first and foremost, I picked this much as I do most movies based on my memory of it as a child. And remembering walking through the blockbuster lanes and seeing the cover that it's an iconic cover of Farmer Vincent in the pig head. There's very little of that, unfortunately. It's old theater. It really is. It doesn't hold up well at all. Uh, it's it's just a good example of old horror. You know, you pay homage to it, um, but you probably won't watch it again. In terms of spoopy, there's none. Even in the music, right? It, the music's awful. It attempts suspense during unsuspenseful scenes. Like the whole nature of the film is sinister, but it doesn't add a sinister nature to the plot. The music doesn't. Um, and, and really, there's no suspense or buildup in the movie whatsoever. It's just like exposure to like the sin- the sinister like goings on behind the scenes. It's legitimately like if Texas Chainsaw Massacre was just the characters doing their daily chores, but for 90 minutes. Um, it's weirdly veiled in like this religious undertone. Um, it's just not, it, it's unoriginal because Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out years and years before it. Um, it's predictable. And even the characters, the good guys are unlikable. There's just no good character. You can't get behind any of them. So uh, if you really want to watch this movie, I recommend doing bath salts and watching Little House on the Prairie. Probably be a lot more interesting. And you might actually get to eat someone. So overall, um, I'd probably give it a one out of 50. And then I would scorch that earth and never come back to that plot of land ever again. So you're saying you're sorry? I am saying I'm sorry, but, horrible friends. But is it too late now to say sorry? Is it too late now to say sorry? It's too late to apologize. <laughs> it's too late. Right, we've been taken down. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I think that may have been longer than, like, what was it, five yeah. seconds? Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, it it might be seven. Seven. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm kidding. That's fine. No, uh, just speed it up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, there we Make go. Make him sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> no, I think we're fine, because, like, last week Dan sung, like, eight minutes of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it sing. You want me to do it again? No. No, no I don't. I would rather be turned into beef jerky. <laughs> All right, Kyle, let's close well, this out. Uh, yeah, on that note, uh, I do want to thank... Um, I'm going to start out by saying uh, thank you, Travis, for editing this one. That's not been too bad, but it's just a bad movie. So you, you get it. Uh, I want to. That's Travis Kaiser. And I want to thank uh, Andrew Cavanaugh for our intro and outro music. I want to thank Connor McLeod for our artwork. 
And I want to thank you for listening still somehow. And I want to thank, um, I want to thank Jarvis for really bringing, bringing the heat on this one. It was, you should feel bad. I do. <laughs> I think everybody's and, uh, entitled to a miss once in a while. Uh, no, it's I know I I brought. Yeah, everybody's I, entitled I, to a miss, I, but this was a little extreme. So um, no, stop stop trying to make excuses, Jarvis. You're not quite forgiven yet. Um, that's fine, Travis. This can be 48 minutes. It should not be a minute more than that. <laughs> and I mean, I I brought uh, fucking the uh, conjuring the devil. So I, I think we've all pretty much forgotten that film. Thanks to this I film. will never forget or forgive you. For <laughs> I that will film. never get those two hours back either. Yeah. Rough stuff. Conjuring the devil was bad, but not as bad as motel hell because conjuring the devil got to the point. You think this was worse. Oh, absolutely. Cause conjuring the devil got to the point where it was like so ridiculously bad that it was funny. This was just like, this is bad, but it's not bad enough. I actually agree with that. And on top ah. of that, in a serious note, on top of that, I would like to add that Conjuring the Devil was kind of like a student-made project, like very low budget. and Definitely not $3 million. This was like that a $3 better. million dollar big budget movie. Which is $10 million today. Which would have been like if Conjuring the Devil had $10 million. What if there was just 10 Conjuring the Devils? Oh yeah, <laughs> I just threw up a little bit. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's our extended edition of this podcast. So uh, thank thank you everybody, Chris. Um, what do you have to tell the talking heads in the ground? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. No, we're just really cheeky and fun. Now do the thing, monkey.